Welcome to The Sound, KQAL-FM's weekly behind-the-scenes look at Midwestern-made music. From writing and recording to distribution and promotion, The Sound is your source for new releases and exclusive interviews from Midwestern artists. Support for The Sound is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Rolling. Today on The Sound, we're joined by local artist John Paulson as he talks about his new album, The Refuge Project. Starting his music career in Rochester, Minnesota, John Paulson has made a career for himself teaching music at St. Mary's University and teaching jazz studies at Winona State University. He has performed with the Cab Calloway Orchestra, Mel Torme, Andy Williams, Bob Hope, The Temptations, and Johnny Mathis, to name a few. And we actually have him in here in the studio with us. How are you doing today, John? I'm doing very well, thank you, Giovanni. Well, let's just start things off with the music. Here is Blues for SC on the new album, The Refuge Project, by John Paulson. Thank you. 
And that was Blues for SC on the new album, The Refuge Project, by John Paulson, who we have in here in the studio. Yes, yes. Live. Yeah, live. <laughs> I, my first question for this is, what does SC stand for in that song? As South Carolina. Really? It so was, I, I was right. Yeah. You know, we were uh, just debating on this, and uh, I, I, one of uh, my friends here said maybe it stands for Stephen Colbert. No. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was right. So Blues for South Carolina. That's that's great. Un- unfortunately, it was inspired by one of the earlier on mass shootings that happened, uh, a big one there. And, and um, I kind of quickly whipped out the, the melody and then developed it later into the big band chart. Really? How did that melody come to you after that event? Oh, a lot of times it's just me practicing and I goof around a little bit on the horn and uh, come up with something. Sometimes I'll write down a few bars and then develop develop it later. Really? Well, let's go back to uh, your origins. How did you, What was your start in music like? How did you start out? <laughs> uh, that's probably the funniest part. Uh, the first my first experience with studying music was organ lessons that we had. We had a Hammond M organ in our house. My mother played a little bit, so they got me going on lessons. And uh, I had such a hard time that um, I actually cried during my lessons. And uh, I'm kind of afraid that I was going to short the organ out. Um, and so then, uh, fifth, what was it, fifth grade? comes along and you had a chance to play uh, band instruments and um, I I picked the saxophone and that was it you know I I still get excited every time I open it up and see all all the different keys and everything and well, that's what uh, 60 years ago <clears throat> what made you choose a saxophone the most popular guy in the class uh, chose the saxophone right before me and he's a, he's a male clinic doctor now, and he comes to gigs when I play over there and says, tells everybody that he's the reason why I play the saxophone. <laughs> well, you'll love this little bit of trivia. Did you know that uh, this past Monday was actually National Saxophone Day? Oh, I know. It was uh, Adolph Sax's birthday, Monday. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've got that on my uh, on my calendar. It comes up yearly. Yeah, when we were doing this show, I, I just love the connection. I'm like, we're celebrating all week here at KQAL. All right. <laughs> but... Uh, Man, that that's just amazing to hear. Uh, why don't we get back? Why don't Why don't we get? In, why don't we get into your next song? This will be uh, the namesake of the album. Actually, this mm-hmm. is "Refuge" uh, from the new song "The Refuge Project" by John Paulson. And so we cried a thousand tears and hid away with all our fears. Our one escape was nature's gate. Some shelter found, no longer bound. Our tongues were touched with her sweet song.
And that was Refuge uh, on the new album, The Refuge Project by John Paulson, who is here with us in the studio. I is. So, this, uh, given this is the namesake of the album, my first question would be, why is it called The Refuge Project? Well, the inspiration of it came from the if I could say the vibe from that was going on during the pandemic, um, there's a, especially the, the first, the first section, uh, it starts out with just the piano and the guitar and it, the texture of the piece builds. Um, but, uh, so the refuge part of it is, uh, the fact that I made repeated trips to the Trempola wildlife refuge, uh, with a buddy of mine who used to be the performance center director um, at St. Mary's. Um, he's r- retired now, but he's a painter, lives in Fountain City, and we would we would meet up, and uh, through all the different seasons, we would <laughs> venture through the, the refuge. Um, we were just biking there this week, and, and uh, then it'll turn into hiking, and then it'll turn into snowshoeing, <laughs> but it was it was constant. And um, he was he was one of the only people that I could see outside of our home uh, because we both drove separately. And and uh, the the refuge is just you know exactly that it 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 replenished us you know emotionally both of us. And uh, he knows a lot. He's a naturalist, uh, very educated in in the that area and and um, nature in general and uh, so I learned a lot from him and uh, that's that's where the inspiration for the words in the poem and the text in the music comes from Um, the second part of it is uh, is an African Bembe section that um, uh, when I wrote wrote the first part the the quiet more meditative part. Uh, the, I had something that I actually played in our church, Central Lutheran Church, with Eric Hoykeshoven, um on piano, uh, just the two of us. But when you're trying to write for big band, then the, the question is: the next question is, where do you take it from here? And the, what I, I started with the simple hymn-like tune that that morphs, changes, and uh, gets into a more up tempo 4-4 four, four, and then it moves into a jazz waltz in 3-4 and it's kind of a natural segue to do something uh, in 6-8 with a lot of rhythm. So I drew upon uh, the African bembe uh, music. The reason why I came up, why I came up with that is that uh, I had studied with, uh, actually studied different bembe parts with a guy from uh, Ghana who uh, had it was part of his lifeblood. Uh, I was, I was, <laughs> my my dissertation chair said, uh, "If Paulson, if you're going to write about jazz on your dissertation, uh, you really need to hook up with Africa." So she <laughs> she hooked me up directly with Kofi, and uh, his wife was a dancer, and he he played all the drum parts and things, and so. Uh, I went back and tried to revisit notes and different uh, ways to notate the bembe parts and uh, wrote the big band part. Uh, the horns are actually playing uh, different drum parts. The, 
because in the in real bembe music there's there's a myriad of different different drums that all have a very specific role so i assigned different sections in the big band to the different bembe parts and that led to a lot of complexity the first draft we tried to record so i could take it to a composers uh, conference um, I spent almost two thousand uh, dollars getting people to come in and try to record it, and the band couldn't play it. <laughs> I, I I thought, well, it worked great on the computer. <laughs> you know, the computer can play it because these notation programs can right. do practically anything if you get them going in the right direction. But uh, so there was a lot of frustration. Obviously, I was very disappointed. Didn't know what to do with it, but I revised it into a, a more accessible version for the musicians. Uh, so the instru- there's two versions. The instrumental version on on the CD is uh, uh, that's that's the revised version. And then really, I had to change the orchestration completely. Because because I came up with a vocal version, I don't know. It's like suicide or something. I said, "Wow, yeah, this isn't complex enough. I'll I'll add voice, you know, <laughs> and then oh, I'll think of a poem too, you know, that goes with it." Right, so, right. <laughs> but I have to say that uh, the retired professor, Dr. Rich McDonald from Winona State University, deserves about fifty percent of the credit because uh, he. Uh, he helped me make make the bembe, especially the bembe part of it, feasible. But he also contributed immensely to uh, the mixing and the editing of of the record on on all the pieces, really. So uh, I owe a huge debt to him for for making it work. <laughs> well, he's not the only one who contributed to this. Uh, we were talking off the air that you actually had a lot of local performing uh, performers help you with some of these songs. Oh yes, uh, I should have a list in front of me. But uh, on the first song that that you played, blues for SC, the first soloist was uh, uh, wonderful new jazz band director Aaron Lohmeyer, uh here at Winona State. Really, and uh, he's he's been in the band now really since he came almost, and and has been a great great contributor. And then uh, one of the other soloists on that song is Ray Dretzky. He helped out with the saxophone section when Rich. McDonald was uh, was here, and uh, on Refuge, uh, both versions, uh, the pianist is Ryan Howe, who uh, who was uh, in an improv class here at Winona State when I was teaching here part time. Uh, I think I'm probably forgetting somebody. Larry Price plays plays on uh, most of most of my other recordings and things he couldn't make this uh this last one but uh he taught combo here and uh piano jazz improv so yeah there's uh a lot of oh and tom nally is in the he plays bass trombone and he's a professor in the chemistry department here i went on a stick <laughs> yep yep man that's crazy to probably think forgetting about somebody else really important too but uh the vocalist she's uh at Viterbo University Janet Hansen and uh is obviously has great vocal skills and uh, I was lucky to uh have her involved with the recording uh we recorded the the body of the uh, all the different parts uh 
the first weekend in March, but we didn't get her on it until uh, this summer when we had everything else put together. We could we could overdub her part. Well, you did mention how there was a very complex version of this song that you actually couldn't play. Uh, <laughs> and my my other question is, is there anywhere we can hear that more complex version? Because you say you had it running through a computer. I'm oh, so curious to see what that sounded like. <laughs> the only way, it, the only place that it exists was is a, a MIDI MIDI file, soft synthesizer sounds and things that come off the notation. Um, and no, I I I didn't take that any farther than the, the first draft. But um, yeah, it's <laughs> uh, Rich McDonald said that uh, you know given. A, a really good college band or a professional band that that wanted to spend the time rehearsing it that uh he said rich kept saying john it's not the music it's you know we we couldn't play it we can't play it it's right they they need more they, they need more time with it so it could be could be done but so it's like a little bit of rocket science yeah yeah it's just uh the hard part for the horn players is uh hearing all the different parts at once and then trying trying to play their part without getting distracted because uh, Africans and South American people when they grow up uh, with these types of rhythms in their in in the street from when they're old enough to hold a bell or hold a drum uh, it's it's like second nature to them but uh, for people who come from the upper midwest <laughs> where it's freezing in the winter it's it's not it's not something that's second nature well you definitely gave it a try which is ah, the next song on our nice playlist here this is you gotta try on the refuge project by john paulson here give it a listen
that was You Gotta Try on The Refuge Project, the new album by John Paulson, who's here with us in the studio. Oh, yeah. So my, uh, my next question here is, when you wrote th- these songs, what was the process to get from writing these songs to getting it on these albums, this album? Good question. Uh, well, the whole this whole set that's represented in, uh, uh, on the recording is about a five or six year project. And um, this isn't the way that uh, a lot of jazz band directors who write large ensemble music uh, operate. But I like the security of having a, a core piece to start with. So in jazz, we have this thing called head charts where you, you give somebody the music on a, on a piece of paper or two pages and we play off of it, play the melody and we play the chords. So a lot of them, a lot of the pieces I conceptualize as, uh, I'd say most of them, I, well, heck, all of them, <laughs> because that's the way I operate. Yeah, I'm trying to answer your question. The, um, I start with, with uh, a lead sheet or a head chart, and I like to be able to have played it in public with a small group, quartet or quintet, um, small group, and then road test it. And then, then when I know that I've got something to work with, then it, then it becomes a question of expanding it. But right. it, it's it's a pretty intimidating task to be, even even when you've got something to to start with. To uh, like I mentioned in the last segment, you know, where are you going to go with it after after you <laughs> you do the melody right. and, and the chords and things? So um, I end up going on usually end up going on some uh, pretty. Um, diverse journeys with it and I just try to uh, like one of my one of my old improv teachers said here you've got to hear the music in your head just hear where it's going to (laughs) go you know it's interesting you mentioned that because I do remember seeing that when I read up on you you said you uh, learned excuse me I I always struggle to say this improvisational jazz Mm -hmm. uh, from some noted teachers in New York City Mm mm-hmm uh, mm-hmm. Who were those noted teachers, and what would you say is the most striking thing you've learned from them that really stuck with you? Well, it's like so many things. It's like um, it's a lifelong process, and actually, the first formal studying that I did, uh, music theory, uh, jazz theory, and learning the harmonic aspects of it, and taking an improv class was I was actually a junior in, in college at the University of Utah uh, because we didn't have much of a high school program um, like the way that people do now they have marvelous things multiple jazz bands and some of these schools have jazz improv at the high school level so I was studying it in the, in the 70s uh, with my jazz band director Henry Walking was uh, he was also he wrote for our our jazz band, um, so he was in, he was influ- influential in terms of that a long term, but so it, I continued trying to improve myself uh, improvising. But there are so many academic things that I was involved with, both studying uh, to get the advanced degrees and then teaching full time, and then of course family things. Uh, uh, it's something that. Uh, I would try to get at, but it wasn't really until I was older that I uh, had more time. And then, 
I had a couple sabbaticals from St. Mary's University. They were generous to uh, grant me those, where I studied with various teachers in New York. One, uh, in particular, pianist uh, Gary Dial, um, who taught at several different big schools like Manhattan Schools School of Music in uh, in New York and uh, the New School. He was uh, adjunct at different places like that. But I went out there for uh, on the sabbatical. But then also I was fortunate to hook up with him when uh, I was out there for the jazz educators conferences for the different times when it was in New York. So I would just bop over to Gary's uh, 44th floor uh, apartment and uh, take a lesson. And then finally he said, why don't we do this by correspondence? So we started sending, of course, (laughs) technology. In those days, we were sending cassettes back and forth. Right, Um, right. And uh, he'd write down some stuff for me to work on, and then I'd record it and send it back, and then he'd, he'd give me another batch of stuff so that I could practice it here when I was in Minnesota but that went on for over a decade Um, so he was a huge influence on me and I have to say that since I've been retired and you know when when I was teaching part-time then I had more time to concentrate on it on it so that's that's made a big difference and hopefully I've gotten a little bit better over the last uh, 30 years Oh, no, 50 years of working on it. <laughs> well, you mentioned how this uh, improvising has taken you on several journeys. Are there any you'd like to share with us, any that uh, stuck out? You mean physically or... When you're making the music. Like, what do you picture? What is oh. what is the experience you well, have when you do y- this? You asked uh, how I come up with the music. A lot of times... Um, a lot of times, some of the ideas for this tune, uh, for tunes like the last one in particular, um, I'll be in my studio at home practicing um, and getting warmed up or something, and I'll come up with a little lick or a, a motive uh, idea, and then I have something, and then it kind of dawns on me that, well, this this is kind of interesting. Maybe I could go somewhere with this, so I'll start working on it, and uh, it turns turns into a composition and it, it uh, that becomes a cell that grows from there all right well why don't we get into another uh, composition of yours this is lonely one on the refuge project the new album by john paulson here at 89.5 kqal <laughs> Thank you. 
And that was Lonely One on the Refuge Project by John Paulson, who we have here in the studio with us. Ah, yes. So, my fr- you've answered this question quite a bit. You told us why uh, where Blues f- for SC came from, where Refuge comes from, where You Gotta Try comes from. And we have two more songs that we'll be playing, or I mean this song, and then we have one more song after this we'll be playing, which is Lonely One and Monkey Bread Blues. Where do those come from? Well... It's kind of obvious, but uh, I'm not sure the exact uh, date of composition of Lonely One, but it, it was definitely in the thick of the uh, pandemic. So we all had that had that vibe going on. So I, I don't know. I just came up with the melody. And uh, like I was talking about earlier, that I had my tenor saxophone and I was practicing and goofing around I came up with the the first part of it and then I just went for it but the second part which gets a little more upbeat rocky or, or whatever you know that that's one of those instances where okay after you play the the main tune where do you go with it right and uh, the chords become more complex then too and uh, yeah so we were we were all probably at some point the lonely one during the pandemic yeah that, that I'm, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that so yeah my, myself included the pandemic had a really harsh impact yeah. on a lot of people and i think this song reflects that reflects people coming out of it you know it starts out depressing and you mm-hmm. talk about how it gets all lively and hyped oh, up. yeah and i you know you see that with people ever since yeah uh, yeah kind of came out of it so i think this song is a great representation of that yeah, and I've noticed a lot of your songs tend to come from some sort of tragedy or some sort of trying to uh, come out of that. Is that the influence for a lot of your music? Yeah, you know, if, if you can tap into your heart, your soul, your what, whatever emotional stuff is happening. Uh, you know, I mean, different different jazz musicians have and blues artists have said, you know, you you can't play the blues unless you've lived it <laughs> that type of thing and that's not something for specialized people everybody has the the down parts you know the emotions or whatever right uh one of the one of the ones on my uh first well i think the the first record has the first song that i ever wrote uh, is uh cloud theory which was uh you know, it's it's like lonely one. It's it's just kind of dark and and um, it's from that that kind of emotion. But that was that's from 1976. Um, well, since you mentioned it, what inspired Cloud Theory? What well, was there an event that really <laughs> brought it up? Or uh, uh, well, it wasn't anything uh, depressing like what I was talking about. Is we grew up. Uh, our family was big time boaters and when we were teenagers we used to get together with our boats ski boats and stuff on the beach camping out and and, you know hanging swimming doing everything and (laughs) it's kind of stupid but we got into this thing where you know in the summer the way the thunderstorm can develop really quickly you know you can go out at noon and everything is, is great and then 
these things will start moving in. So we're, we would get into a dialogue about, well, what's so, Paulson, what's your cloud theory? You know, where's it going to, where's the weather going to take us today? <laughs> You know, it's just that it's just like that old saying in Minnesota: if you want the weather to change, wait five minutes. Yeah. Although that cloud theory thing, I know that from my time in Florida. There was an old saying that says, if it's sunny in the morning, it'll be a hurricane by noon. So, uh, yeah, I, I understand that. There's another interesting aspect about that title um, is that Adam Meckler, the stellar uh, trumpet flugelhorn player that that we feature on on this this CD project. Um, I think his second, I think his, his the second to the last record that he put out is when the title of it is "When Clouds Look Like This," and the the artwork on the on the cover is a you know kind of like cumulus, beautiful big clouds. But yeah. there's a flugelhorn or a trumpet in the middle in the middle of the clouds, kind of in the background. <laughs> like if you look up in the sky and there's a trumpet, that's the way he sees it. <laughs> that's an interesting uh, way to view it. Now, this leads to another question I have for you. Uh, only one of the songs on this album has any lyrics to it, and that's a poem mm-hmm. to kind of tell the story mm-hmm. of um, of where uh, where the song comes from. And but all these songs have a story behind them, and they are telling a story without words. Which how do, how do you how do you th- do you believe these songs carry the story you're trying to convey, or are you, are you trying to get people to have their own stories from these songs? Well, both, I think. Um, that's one thing that's I think is really fascinating about instrumental music per se is that uh, people um, people have their own experiences when they're listening to it. Whereas um, if you're listening to, I I love especially '70s acoustic rock, you know, and I love the storytelling. Uh, in the songs, Jackson Brown and Joni Mitchell, you know they're <laughs> they're way up there, and Joni collaborated with a lot of jazz musicians. But you know the the stories from those songs take you to a certain place, but instrumental music leaves it open, and um, that that's both a blessing and a curse for instrumentalists because uh, I remember when we were setting up to play with a quartet downtown years ago, Jefferson's, which isn't there anymore, but Paul, uh, the manager, was very into, in fact, he played very into having music. Us in there, he played he played saxophone in, in college, so he was always open to it. But I remember setting up, and, you know, usually it was a family or, or a group of people sitting at a table, and you kind of had to move things around to... To set up to play there, and we were setting up next to this family, and there there was a little kid there. He's watching us set up, and he watched very intently. But he'd probably never been that close to a band that was going to play live music or a PA system or anything. And I had a PA for the for the flute and stuff. Um, and when we when we started playing, I could hear him ask his dad, "Aren't they even going to sing?" <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just stuck in my mind but i mean it 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 is uh like like i say you know it's a blessing and a curse instrumental music because it it can't take people wherever they want to go with it but um but sometimes uh it's a harder sell than than if if you have 
words with it. You know what, I completely agree. I firmly believe that instrumental music can really help set the scene of even your everyday life. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll even uh, Most of the music I listen to in my headphones is instrumental just because I'll make completely separate playlist for different settings. Oh, like really? One for city and mm-hmm. towns, snowfall and ice, deserts, caves and cliffs. Driving. Driving, yeah. Yep. Driving. Working out. You know. <laughs> yep. yeah, I have yeah. one for academia. I have mm-hmm. one for places that are arcane and otherworldly. So I completely understand yeah. the idea of using instrumental music to really try and get people to have their own story and relate to it in, in different ways. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just got to say, I completely agree. But uh, why don't we get into our uh, final song here? Uh, this will be Monkey Bread Blues on the on the Refuge Project, the new album by John Paulson. Here at 89.5 KQAL.
That was Monkey Bread Blues, a song on the new album, The Refuge Project by John Paulson, who is here with us in the studio. Yep. So we were talking about this off the air. You uh, you mentioned how the song came to an end and two of the people you were working with just started playing their trumpets and almost having a conversation with that. Can you elaborate a little bit on that for our audience? Yeah. The, you mean the dialogue between the between between the trumpet and the drums? Yeah. Is that what you're, yeah. Okay. So it's uh, Adam Black, Adam Meckler the uh, star trumpet and flugelhorn player that we brought in, especially for the recording, and uh, wouldn't have been able to do it without, of course, the uh, the help from the Minnesota State Arts Board and the grant that, that we got uh, to support the, the recording of the CD and uh, the concert in um, January that we're going to do at Mayo in support of the CD. But Meckler then is, uh, he's talking back and forth to the drums at the end of Monkey Bread Blues where he's using the uh, toilet plunger mute. It's, it's not just shaped like one. It is a is a toilet plunger without the wooden handle. And uh, <laughs> you can literally make it talk. And then of course he gets into all the growling and stuff that's uh, Bubber Miley in uh, Duke Ellington's band was one of the uh, first guys to to start that, and uh, goes back at least that far, if not farther. And uh, that that that's just a riot. What what he got into at the at, in that exchange at the end. Well, let's uh, talk about that concert a little more. You mentioned so this concert that's happening on January twentieth, twenty twenty four. Can you go into a little bit of uh, detail about that? Yeah, uh, thank you for mentioning it. That's the uh, that's actually the second time that that we're going to play at Mayo High School. And the fun thing about that is, that I think we were there. I think it was twenty. Yeah, it was twenty nineteen with Adam Meckler. Um, he's not going to be there uh, January twentieth when we're there this year. But um, uh, that was fun because that was 50 years since I graduated from that music department. And uh, so, uh, and um, they, they have, they have a, a really good jazz band and they're, they're uh, studying improv and stuff and they have combos and things going. So that's fun to, uh, to be back there again in January. Um, but before that, we're going to be at, at Wellington's here in, in Winona this this Saturday, 11-11. Uh, 
Yep, November eleventh, twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah, and it says here this is the uh, Jazz yep. for Vets. Can you go in a little more detail about that? You said twenty twenty four, but actually it's this this Saturday. I'm sorry, twenty twenty three. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Thanks for mentioning it. No, it's I'm seven seven o'clock this Saturday, eleven eleven Veterans Day, and it's a fundraiser at at Wellington's in Winona for. Uh, um, I'm targeting homeless vets specifically in, in southeastern Minnesota and working with an organization called uh, Mac, MACV, uh, which has, I think, 12 or 15 different offices all around the state. And uh, they said that I could target the money specifically for Winona area counties, Winona County and Houston County, and, and uh, so bring it home. And the uh, GoFundMe site is, uh, I tried to keep it simple so people could remember it and contribute profusely, is uh, it's just called Jazz for Vets at GoFundMe. And um, the if you forget about that, it's, it's all up on my website at pulsonjazz.com. Well, I guess uh, my last question here would be, is there anything you'd like to share with our audience before we end the, uh, end the show? Uh, no, I except that I would love to say a huge thank you to KQAL for playing not only my music, but uh, uh, music representing so many different uh, creative artists uh, in, in our region. Uh, it's, it's really, uh, I've been really thankful for that coverage. Uh, and lastly, I, I would just mention that if you've enjoyed the music that's been played on this show, we're going to play all the music from the CD live uh, this Saturday uh, at Wellington's. All right. Well, I want to thank you for being on the sound with us, John Paulson. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, to hear more of John Paulson's work or to find uh, where you can stream The Refuge Project, check out his website, paulsonjazz.com, or order a physical copy from Monumentous Records at monumentousrecords.com. Or you can request a song here at 89.5 KQAL. This has been The Sound, and we've been joined by the local artist John Paulson. The Sound is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. I'm Giovanni Bermudez. Thanks for listening to The Sound. The Sound is produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us online at kqal.org. Theme music for the sound provided by Mike Terrell of Fires of Denmark.